Hello, everyone. Welcome back as we study Dafa Shavua from Seches Yavamas, Daf Yud Gimel. We've already seen in uh, the t- almost three months already of studying Seches Yavamas how many Shas Sugyas are in this Masechta. Really incredible. Uh, what I've tried to do when we hit them is to at least give you a bit deeper than a superficial overview of not full analysis. In 20 minutes, it's hard to do that. But we've been spending uh, a lot of time on these topics. Maybe part of it is to avoid some of the technical Yavamos issues. But again, this is Halacha Shir. And it's important as we continue to go through this Masechta to identify these issues. Now, here on Daf Yud Gimel, we have a bunch I'm not going to get to everything. Bezras uh, Hashem, next week we get to Dafyu Dalit and we'll continue the Lotus Godudu that comes up. Very, very important sugya. What happens Bizman Hazer? Most classic cases, at least that people present, is Tfilin on Chalamoid. We'll see how that comes up. On the top of our Daf today, we also have a very practical question, and that is the issue of when in a person's maturation, are they considered to be a gadol? Is it based on simanim? Is it based on age? We know that it's actually both. Halach lamasa, this is important for whether a bar mitzvah boy could read the Torah. Do we assume that since the reading of the Torah in general is a mitzvah to Rabbanon, it's fine? We're not going to look. We're not going to send the boy to a pediatrician to check the simanim. But how about Shabbat Zachar, where the practice happens to be that we don't have a Bar Mitzvah boy lane. And before we get into this issue, which we're not going to really spend much time on today, I want to back up something that was introduced in last week's staff, and it's connected today, as again, we're trying to talk about the maturation of men, of women, of the status when it comes to the mitzvah of Puruvu. And there are two issues that I want to address today along these lines. The first one is this mitzvah of Puruvu, because before you get to the question of whether the moch could be used, as we saw last week, and we've covered the topic of an Ilonis, an Ilonis, who is not able to have children, which may be the basis for the annulment of a marriage, putting aside issues of adopting children, etc., that fulfills the mitzvah of Puruvu, let's discuss the mitzvah of Puruvu. This is going to come up again later, Daf Samach Aleph Samach Beis in Maseches Yivamas. It's a fundamental part of Ishus. And I also want to spend some time before we run away, especially as we're still in a pandemic, dealing with the question of Pikach Nefashos and Suffolk Pikach Nefashos. When are we allowed to take certain risks? And some of the classic chuvos that have been published on this topic is very relevant. We happen to be recording this a few days before we're going to re-enter, most likely, into the base Knesset after davening for two months outside of the shul. And before that, we didn't even take that risk. This sugya is very relevant to that discussion. When I was at Talmud at Yeshiva University in the Smicha program, in addition to uh, learning with Rav Herschel Shechter, I actually studied with him, Erevin, 
which Dafiomi is starting today. It's today's Tuesday when I'm recording this year. I had the schus of learning with his father, of Melech Shechter, who's a great Rav, actually a historian as well. I studied with him Hilchus Avelos, Tar Samishbacha, Hilchus Nida, how to take some very difficult Bechinas in those two areas. And then I took a, an exceptional course, set, a series of Shiurim with him on Evan Ezer, on the areas of. Ishus, and we studied in detail the halachas of Puruvu. I still have my notes, Ara Yomazah. And this, these are very common questions that a Rav is asked today as far as birth control. Now, the secondary aspect of birth control, as far as Shechva Sera Levatoa, I'm not going to get into today. That's a second aspect of it, an important aspect of it. The first aspect that has to be analyzed is the assumption that there is a mitzvah of pruvu. This is a mitzvah that I pointed out is going to be discussed later on in Mesechus Yevamos. And the assumption, as is brought down in Evan Ezer, the halacha, that we paskin like Hillel, that this mitzvah is fulfilled through by having a male and by having a female. This doesn't mean that someone who has seven girls or nine boys has not been Mekayim the Mitzvah. We're not going to go through all those details, but there has to be an attempt at having a male and a female. So this is the Gemara Mesechus Yivamas. Our Gemara then asks the question, this goes back to last daf, but I'm connecting it to this daf as well as we talk about the maturation of males and females. How is it possible that a woman would be able to then impede the mitzvah of Piri of Arivia. Now, the main way that this Gemara is typically analyzed is that it's focusing on the Zera Levatala issue. But before you get to that, you have to look at the mitzvah aspect. What exactly the woman's role in mitzvah Piri of Arivia is also an important discussion, whether she gets a kiyam, whether she has another mitzvah that's related to Piria of Rivia, if not pure Piria of Rivia. But she obviously is an important uh, asset, to say the least, in this important mitzvah. So how is it possible that any prevention could be done? Aside from the Sheikh Vazir if we would dial it back and say it's before the couple has had a son or has had a daughter, has had both, as we pass in like Hillel. So that's why the Gemara introduces the possibility that there are three situations where even before the mitzvah has been fulfilled, there would be a requirement, at least according to the way some of the Rishonim read it, an option, according to the way other Rishonim read it. We see here a very important Machlogsin Rashi and Tosvos, and one of those examples being a woman who's not yet of age. She doesn't have the maturity to be able to hold a child and therefore having becoming pregnant would be a risk to her life. Whereas the science was understood then that if a woman could get pregnant twice, the second pregnancy simultaneously would eliminate the first pregnancy. Again, this would lead us to the discussion of how do we deal with science today. But the, the question isn't so much whether science is the same, it's how things match up as far as the halachic categories. 
And then we have the third situation, which I'm going to explain briefly, is very important, even halakha lamaisa, is if a woman is nursing. So before, again, we even get to the Sheikh Vazer Levatala, which is a separate topic, I felt it's important to deal with the period of Arivia. And do we allow the spacing to take place? Do we allow a woman or a man not to have children for a certain point? And we have to appreciate it's a major question. You can't just say it's an economic issue. I remember with Melech Shechter teaching us back then that part of marriage is you assume that you're going to be Mekayim the mitzvahs as soon as possible. The Gemara establishes a Mesechus Psachim Hidur Mitzvah that we reason Makdim the mitzvahs. In addition to the issue of the Sheikh Lazar Lavatola. Now, this doesn't mean that there aren't exceptions, but we have to assume with, we go in with the presumption that the couple is going to try to be Mekayim the Mitzvah as soon as possible. If they're not in, interested in that, or if there's some type of medical concern, maybe financial concern, then they have to ask a Shaila, and this Gemara then is going to become relevant in that discussion. One of the fascinating debates amongst Achronim is delaying the mitzvah of period of Harivia after the birth of a child. So let's say we put aside mental health issues general issues of finances which usually are not taken into account by most postgim there may be exceptions to the rule and major physical issues Shalom, a woman has cancer or other types of illnesses but just generally after having a child the woman is weak so Ramosha in Igras Ramosha Evan Ezer Chelik Aleph in the first chalik of Evan Ezra, Samach Dalit acknowledges that a woman needs to regain strength. That would be enough of a basis to delay period of Arivia. Again, the issue of Hashchasas or Hazah, Zerah we're going to discuss later. That actually comes up in Mesechas Yivamas as well. So we're going to leave that aside as I've been pointing out. But the issue of delaying, that Gemara is going to come up on Lama Dalit the issue of delaying is a big shaila in the postgum. So Ramosha says, well, if she's nursing, then we're achola she'in bo sakana. From our Gemara, it sounded like they assumed there was achola she'ish bo sakana, especially for the sakana, not of the woman, but of the child. That's Ramosha's conclusion. He discusses this in a couple of places. But without the nursing element, Ramosha would not uh, favor and Ramosha, if you look in these chuvos, he did not favor what seemed to be the minhag in uh, in the Litvisha, in Lithuania before the war of delaying two to four years. There's an article uh, by Rav Schechter where he goes through these different opinions. Um, I, without getting into so much detail, there were postkim that I spoke to in the past and have spoken to who ipso facto give two years. Some even give longer, even if the woman is not nursing. And Rebavadya discusses this in Yechavadas, in the first Chalik, Lamed Hay, that whether she's nursing or not, she has that status of, or some form of a status of being a chola, most likely chola she'en bosakana. What's a little bit less known is a Gemara that comes up as well, and that's the issue of, okay, let's say a couple already has had 
had uh, been Mekayim the mitzvah, how about continuing to have children? So we're not going to go into that in detail right now, but it's an incredible issue because this comes up later on in Yavamas, so we will revisit this. And the source for this halacha is actually a Pasuk in Kohelas, or at least the support for the Pasuk, which I always find interesting, of all places, Kohelas, where the Pasuk says, Baboker, right? Zera ezaracha, Vula Erev, Vila Erev, Altanach Yadecha. This is typically known as the Sugya of Vila Erev, Altanach Yadecha, right? When you get older, you don't uh, rest from what you were doing. And we'll see if we get a chance later on in the Masechta to discuss this. The Arach HaShulchan and many other poskim as well assume that this is a Durabanan. It's not a part of the Daraisa Puravu. It's a separate mitzvah, but it's still a mitzvah Durabanan. And that's why even after a couple has children, a son and a daughter, and however they're Mekayim the mitzvah Puravu, they still have to ask a Shiloh. Now, there's another reason why they'd have to ask a Shiloh, because there's also the concern of sustainability. In the bigger sugi of Puravu, there's a question of what happens if Chas Shalom a child dies and is then not able to have children. So has the pa- have the parents in uh, retroactively not been Mekayim the Mitzvah? It's obviously very complicated sugya. We should look at it in a positive, of course, of the beauty of Pruvu Melus Aretz. The whole way that we got into our Gemara was through a discussion last week of the Shomer Psayim Hashem position. There was a position in the Gemara that these three women do not have to worry about getting pregnant. There's not a, we call, laden sakana. Apparently that would be the way to explain it, and as many Rishonim do, because Shomer Psayim Hashem, based on Tehillim, Kuf Tezayin, Vav, we have this concept loosely meaning that Hashem watches over, protects the simple ones. Now, what exactly does this mean? Especially in light of the Pasuk, Ushmartem as Nafshosecha, which means that we have to be extremely careful. This whole discussion is very relevant, Bizman Hazah. I heard from a Posek recently not getting into whether I follow this position or not, that at a certain stage, America, New York, New Jersey, shifted to Shomer Psayim Hashem, and that's why people were able to start going back to Shul. But at the same time, we can't be reckless. That would be a violation of Ushmar Demesnach So on one hand, we have this idea of Shomer Psayim Hashem, on the other, Ushmar Demesnach how exactly do you balance and know in which way to go? When the pandemic struck, and I'm happy to share it with you, the Agudas Yisrael of America, in a document that uh, I received, where people were asking questions, how concerned should they be about COVID-19? This was before Purim. And in that same document, the answer to some of the questions and again, it's easy to look back, but now I have the advantage of looking back, was Vinishmartemo Devarim Dalit Tesvav. 
some of the people asking the questions were invoking our Gemara of Shomer Psayim Hashem. There's an incredible video that I think many of you may have seen. I'm going to attach it on your email this week from Rav Asher Weiss. It's a two-minute video where Rav Asher Weiss, you could hear it right here, just a little bit of it. We could go back to Shuls. Shemit Pesor Meshem is found three times in the Sefer Shabbos. Kuf Kof Pesamit Beis, the Gemara deals with. I'm going to let you listen to it. And he shows that many of the cases in Shas of Shomer Psayim Hashem are supernatural events. But then he brings in our Gemara, where it's not a supernatural event. We see a real physical issue. And then Shomer Psayim Hashem is invoked to allow this woman to get pregnant. So this is the tension. How do we deal with it? Now, Rav Asher Weiss's suggestion, as you'll listen, based on Etrumas Hadeshen, and we're not going to have time to go through that now, a fascinating approach, that Shomer Psayim Hashem only would be applied when we're not aware of the danger, which means it's not a known danger. But in a situation like the coronavirus, where Rav Asher Weiss, based on the Shurma Sadeshin, says that every child knows the danger. It's a definite danger that is known, and we know what the danger is. Then Shomer Psayim Hashem is not going to apply. One of the most famous discussions, probably in the last 40 years, 50 years almost, where this topic of Shomer Psalm Hashem came up was the issue of smoking. How do we deal with the fact that so many in the past and even in the present, unfortunately, smoke? And you'll hear them invoke a tshuva of remosha of Shomer Psalm Hashem. So many do it, and therefore the risk seems to be tolerable. But as explained by many, including Ramosha's son-in-law. There's a journal, Yeshiva University, Beis Yitzchak, and Ramosha Tenler writes about this in the Beis Yitzchak, 15th Chalik, page 71, that the Gemara allows reasonable members of society to define the parameters of the prohibition to engage in risky activities when it's something that could be somewhat risky, but generally safe. For example, the Chelkos Yaakov and his Chuvos, Chosha Mishpat, Lamed Aleph, gave this as the heter for driving or for flying. There's obviously some risk involved, but society has not only defined it, but we've seen that it's low-risk behavior. And this is language that you hear very much Rabbi Jackter, one of the great rabbinim in our community, wrote about this many years ago in the TABC Journal. He had a fascinating uh, analysis that even Ramosha would absolutely prohibit it today. Ramosha may have been operating with a different science, not going there right now, 
but I'm happy to share the article with you. Rabbi Bleich, in uh, tradition, fall 2003. I want to just show you how it discusses it as well. The conclusion of most postkin is that smoking today would fit in the category clearly of not Shomer Psayim Hashem, but a violation of an Ishmartim Maod Nafshosecha. And you have to then look into the Rambam, Hilchus Ratzach, Shmiras Nefesh, Yud Aleph Hey, to see that prohibition. He's not talking about smoking, but engaging in activities that by definition are dangerous. One of the most important chuvos on this topic is from the great Sitz Eliezer. Shuvo Sitz Eliezer, Tesfav Lamites. And I mention all of these, and this could be a topic for a long discussion. At what point do we say that we're allowed to live normal, even a new normal, assuming that we take basic precautions? At what point do we we invoke which obviously is a Doraisa. Do we never leave our homes? And I myself, right, obviously have had to find this balance in consultation with medical professionals and postcom through this difficult situation. There are many, many other cases that we could give. Our Gemara serves as a very important source. And the reason why our Gemara serves as an important source is unlike some of the other Gemaras, where Shomer Psayim Hashem is invoked with, I'd say, irrational types of explanations, our Gemara deals with a real physical danger. And that's where, why I found Rav Asher Weiss's formulation and the Trumas Hadeshin that he invokes very important. So just keep in mind, as we study Mesechus Yuvamas, this is far from abstract, so many practical consequences if we could get a good analysis of the Gemara. Have a great week of learning.